0: Welcome to Zoom In, sometimes a story, sometimes an interview, sometimes a surprise, and sometimes a rant. In any event, meant to invigorate, innovate, and entertain you. I'm Lynn Eisenberg, aka Zoom, with a new bi-weekly podcast series called It Begs the Question, aka IBQ. So... What does that mean? According to Wikipedia, to beg the question is to put forward an argument whose validity requires that its own conclusion be true. Also called petitio principia, a fallacy in which a conclusion is taken for granted in the premises, begging the question. I know, it's a mouthful, which is why zoom in will break it down for you. So, let's get right to it. It Begs the Question, Episode 1. Today's Zoom In was supposed to feature two intriguing 8-year-old twins and what they've been up to during the pandemic, namely, honing their skills at spelling games. They're into learning new words and seeing how they work in sentences like C for curious and X for xylophone. When they gave me E, I gave them back the word entelechy, which represents an organism's innate desire to reach its full potential, which was hard to put into a sentence for anyone except Aristotle, who coined the word. And then there's the word pugilistic, I recently read that word in our Detroit Magazine's article by Steve Rise, where he writes, quote, Michigan's pugilistic Attorney General Dana Nessel went another way, as she usually does, end quote. Now, Dana happens to be my wonderful righteous cousin, so I had a head start on understanding what the word means, but I have to admit, I did have to look it up, on the other hand, I asked my 89-year-old mother in assisted living in Ann Arbor, former Latin and English major. She knew right away what the word meant. Dana's a fighter, she said. Now, I'm extremely awestruck by Dana's fighting prowess on matters of justice, but I have to say, in that moment, I was really impressed by my mother's knowledge and sharp memory. So, in any event, these adorable and curious twins and I were going to bring you some new words. I would tell you the names of the twins, but unfortunately, for now, I have to call them J and J. Not to protect the innocent, but the guilty. Because in this case, they are. Which is why they can't come on the show today. And that's because they've been grounded. And yes, They are guilty, and the sad thing is, they've been grounded for the whole month. This begs the question, what did they do to get grounded? And not just for one night, but for the whole three weeks. Well, it turns out, instead of playing spelling games, they got curious, and they decided to use cabinet drawers to create a ladder effect so they could climb to the top of the shelf where their father was stashing some goods. This begs the question, what were the goods? It turns out the goods were bags of beef jerky and toffee candies. Maybe J&J were having some lockdown-induced sugar cravings, or maybe they needed more protein from the beef jerky, because eight-year-olds do tend to grow. Now. I have to take a moment and just say that I think the ingenuity and creativity they displayed to obtain the goods was quite admirable. However, it all backfired when the drawers broke in the act of obtaining the goods, and this was their undoing, and the reason they ultimately cannot appear on the show today. But it gets more intriguing than that. When the parents of the twins discovered the damage, apparently it was pretty bad. I know because I saw the photos and the text message that said, quote, we're going to lose our security deposit, end quote. I should add that one month before this event, one of the twins, Jay, also left the water running in the bathroom sink, creating a small flood. Meanwhile, The plot unraveled as to the slowly disappearing beef jerky and toffee that had been occurring for some time with one parent wrongly accusing the other of its diminishing returns. But now the truth was out in the open and the twins, J and J were being admonished for their surreptitious and mischievous behavior. Honestly, I have to say, I think it's a miracle they didn't fall and hurt themselves. Okay, back to the admonishment. To the surprise of the parents, Jane j decided to take a pugilistic response to the whole incident, becoming belligerent and defiant. Not to mention, I heard that they tattletailed on each other. In essence, they chose not to fess up. Now, this pugilistic response did not bode well for them and became the major factor in the length of being grounding. But it doesn't stop there. The parents thought that maybe they should have j and learn about responsibility and have them pay for the damages. At this point, you have to wonder, how are two eight-year-olds going to pay for the whole new set of cabinets and drywall? Well, it turns out they both have piggy banks. Now the question was how much money was in the piggy banks and where did it come from? According to J&J's parents, the money in the piggy banks had come from the tooth fairy. However, things started getting weird when the parents discovered that one of the twins piggy bank had more money in it than the other. The parents wondered, "How is that possible? And I wonder, was the tooth fairy giving more money to one twin over the other? And if so, why? This begs the question, How can I get an interview with the Tooth Fairy to find out? Or was there something else going on? I did some investigating and spoke to the sister of one of the parents. And I discovered that Jay had been removing some of the money from one of the parents piggy bank and literally moving it into his or her piggy bank. I know it's a polite way of not using the C word for confiscate as in of the twins confiscated pennies from the p-bank or one could argue that perhaps jay was simply time traveling into the future to become a banker and was merely transferring funds from one account to another under the same roof which makes me wonder if one of the jay's futures lies in banking but back to the present apparently there was another pugilistic comeback by the twins this time laced with denial. The parents decided major steps had to be taken, resulting in three weeks of being grounded. Which means I can't talk to the twins, or play spelling games, or have them on the show. Not for at least three weeks, and then hopefully we can find out their side of the story. Because as storytellers, we all know there are many sides to every story. In the meantime, I have faith and is at work helping J&J reach their full potential. This begs the final question of today's episode. Are the twins allowed to play xylophones during their timeout? Because if so, I'll send them one. And that's it for IBQ. It begs the question. I'm your host, Zoom. Stay safe. Stay sound.